Hello, wonderful people. This is Jason English with Things About Things, simplifying concepts without sacrificing depth. Thanks for joining in for Concept 9. Today's concept is writing. I'm here with Josh Anderson. Josh is a writer with almost 20 years of experience writing in various forms for various settings. Josh is my friend. He's also my coworker. We're co-laborers in church ministry together. Hi, Josh. Hey, Jason. Hey. So thanks for doing this. We, we've talked about writing a lot. I, I'm more of a talker than a writer, but I want to learn more about writing, so I'm looking forward to this conversation. We've, you know, we've talked about stuff over the past few years, but want to get into more specifics. So my first question about writing, and I really want to hear stories techniques and all that. But my first question is, why do you think words are so powerful? Mm, That's a really good question. Um, I really feel like, especially when it comes to uh, the written word, Mm -hmm. that it's an opportunity for us to share stories Mm -hmm. uh, in a way that is different than maybe the spoken word or even something that you would see visually. you know, I've always thought about it kind of when you're growing up and learning how to read, you know, it's one thing to see the, to see the words on the page, but then to allow those words to start to create, um, pictures in your mind. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think it's oftentimes why people are a little bit disappointed about movies, you know, Mm because we each have a unique and individual way of seeing a scene or seeing a character um, based on the words that are on the page, totally that we, you know, so don't many movies. See. It's like it was good, but the book was better. The book was yeah. better. <laughs> it was exactly. embedded in our mind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, tell me about some of the different forms of writing, and also kind of like your form or your favorite forms, and what's your favorite way of writing? Yeah, sure. So there's lots of different forms. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to pride myself on being a writer as opposed to a specific type of writing. Uh I think that when you uh, appreciate writing for what it is, that can be in any form, really. Yeah. Uh, That being said, I I definitely think there are ways that um, certain people are geared. It's a lot like being an artist. You know, some artists are better at watercolor than they are at uh, pencil drawing or whatever it might be. Um, So for me, specifically, I've always really enjoyed... It, it comes with a lot of different terms, but uh, marketing writing, promotional writing, mm-hmm. uh, advertising in particular, um, that was the way that I was trained. That's what I learned in college was how to write specifically for yeah. um, marketing and promotional purposes. Um, but as I've kind of gone on and have now, like you said, almost 20 yeah. years of experience, I really try to be more of a storyteller, whatever uh-huh. genre that might be. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of what I would say about that. Yeah, and I, I find it fascinating, the the process of putting putting together coherent words mm-hmm. that would tell a story or evoke an image or a thought or emotion uh, putting it on paper, making an idea come to life, but starting with blank paper yeah. or blank computer screen right. or, or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, but I, I kind of put some notes here. Like, can you walk us through your process of you, you have an idea. Mm-hmm. So I put, you know, maybe there's brainstorming or research or rough draft or 
how do you know when it's ready? I have a lot of questions, but there's sure. there's discipline involved. There's attention to detail involved. You have to have, a, I would imagine, a pretty big vocabulary to pull off good writing. Yeah. So yeah. what? walk us through some of the process of writing, starting with blank screen and an idea. Yeah, so for me, um, I really enjoy the generating of ideas. I think a lot of that just comes from uh, observing, like being really observant um, to the environment around you, to the people around you. Mm -hmm. um, I've become even more aware of people and right. aware of situations around me. Um, and I think part of that is because of being a writer. You know, you're always kind of looking for something that is interesting that's happening or mm -hmm. whatever it might be. Um, I honestly believe that everyone has ideas. Everyone, I guess you could argue whether they're good ideas or not. I think generating ideas is not the hard part. It's taking those ideas and then being able to apply them to the written form, like you said, to be able to put them to paper. So it's taking the just very small seed of an idea. And then I think the real work comes in the research. Mm -hmm. It comes in like the, the really diving in and looking for the connections that you can make uh, between that idea and then ultimately whatever the end product is. Mm. Um, how do you make those seemingly disconnected things connect? Yeah. You know? Um, and I think that's what brings a lot of life to writing mm -hmm. is when you can start to make those unique connections that perhaps no one else has really thought about. Um, and so that, like I said, I think research is a big thing. I've always said too, I think good writers are good readers. Mm -hmm. You know, they're the ones who are, um, who are researching, but then also are being, um, impacted by other writers yeah you know you're you're you have people who you really look up to the way that they craft words the way they craft sentences all of that kind of stuff it really starts to kind of seep into you and yeah. then um what i think starts to happen is at first you just kind of kind of regurgitate that but as you get further along as you start to find your own voice you're able to take those influences and then make them your own and yeah. you start to realize like, this is what, this is who I am. This is my voice. You know, this I is wonder if the, if when we gravitate towards reading a certain writer or writers, is that an indication <clears throat> that we might be that kind of writer? uh too or is it more of just like you end up becoming the kind of writer that influences you because you read them yeah i think yeah. it can be a little bit of both yeah. i think it can be there are the the writers who you really connect with on or in the way that they write yeah. like the style that they write you're like you really resonate with that and then there are those who write maybe completely differently but you are inspired by that too yeah you yeah. know what i mean it's like you you are like, I wonder if I could ever do that. I wonder if I could ever make it sound like that or read like that or, or whatever. Do you have any writers that have influenced you that you want to recommend? Because part of this with the <laughs> whole simplifying a concept. Yeah. Uh, for somebody to listen to this and say, I'm going to read this book and maybe it'll help me be a better writer. Or read, you know, you have yeah. any recommendations? So randomly, it may seem random, but the most influential book for me, especially when I was first coming up in my career and everything, 
was written by a copywriter and copywriter is a term for those in advertising who do the writing. So okay. it's not a legal term or anything. Right. But okay. It's not a lawyer. It's the person who writes the text or okay. the words. Uh, it's a copywriter named Luke Sullivan. And he, he wrote a book called, Hey Whipple, Squeeze This. No. Okay. And uh, it basically was kind of like a, uh, a bit of a textbook on how to best generate ideas, huh. how to research and concept those ideas and how to then create good advertising out of all of that. And so, That's awesome. yeah. And, um, I was so excited cause I actually met one of my, <laughs> one of my, uh, bosses was his roommate in college ah. so he knew him well and actually got a signed copy for me and everything oh, that's so, good yeah yeah so it was really cool but i don't it, it was one that was recommended to me and i remember reading it on the bus yeah and i would take it a chapter at a time and i would start to try to implement the different disciplines that he suggested and so any aspiring copywriters out there i would highly recommend that you pick up hey whipple squeeze this Wow. <laughs> By Luke Sullivan. So how and why did you get into writing? Um, so I actually, I thought about this because I've, I've actually spent a lot of time drawing too. I've oh. really enjoyed like just creative outlets overall. Yeah. I've played music. I've mm -hmm. done all that kind of stuff. But something about writing really stuck with me. Um, and it dates back to fourth grade. Okay. <laughs> all right. And so... Uh, Ironically enough, I had a, um, a teacher named Mr. Dahl, almost like Roald Dahl, the author, but mm -hmm. not Roald Dahl. Um, and I remember him because uh, he had a parakeet in a cage in the corner of his room, right. like his classroom. I know, random. But um, we would do creative writing uh, stories and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I don't know why I did this. I'm kind of wondering how I even watched this movie, but do you remember Romancing the Stone? Of course. I don't know why in fourth grade I would have ever watched that movie, but apparently I did because I wrote a, um, <laughs> I wrote a parody called Romancing the Leaf. Okay. And it was based on these two worms who were in search of a leaf uh -huh. because the cover of it was, you know, one of those illustrated kind of coloring sheets that had uh -huh. two I can two worms and a leaf. Yeah. And so that's where it all began was kind of this creative writing. Right. Uh, so interest. for those of you in the born in the nineties or earlier, I think it was the you, 80s. Might, you might want to Google romancing the stone. Mm. Cause I remember that like it's yesterday, but yeah. there's going to be some Michael, listeners. Michael Douglas and, um, oh, I Diane, uh, no, no. Kathleen Turner. Kathleen Turner. Yeah, yep. There yep. It is. <laughs> Oh, so man. anyway, it dates back to then, and um, I've always done creative writing in some form or fashion since then. So, how how <laughs> is it such a how is it such a universal thing? You think that people love reading? I mean, if you think about it, people they're reading a, not just with fiction, but obviously with fiction, they're just reading something that just came from someone else's mind. Why do we want to do that? Why do people like that so much? Yeah, that's a, I think that's a great question. Um, I think language yeah. is definitely, it's maybe not universal. Obviously we all have different languages, but I sure. think within culture, uh, language is a, a great unifier. I think yeah. you look at history 
in, in any culture, those who have a strong uh, grasp of, of that language and are good communicators, people tend to gravitate towards them because I think that they can articulate things in a way that those people wish they could or don't think they can, or it seems to be a good unifier. Um, you know, we've seen it obviously in both good and bad mm-hmm. ways, but I, I think it draws people together. Yeah, for sure. I read a blog recently about how in certain uh, cultures in the world that storytellers are the wealthiest people in their communities sure. more so than someone who buys and sells and trades things or has a specific skill set that we in our culture might deem as a money making thing. Yeah. But those who can tell stories the best end up being the most affluent in yeah. the culture. Uh, let's talk for a little bit about how you've, and I want to hear some of your kind of some of your background examples. Cause I think you telling some stories about it are going to be sure. fitting for this, yeah. but, but how have you applied this to your now role as a pastor? What does it mean for you to be the, even if it's not in your job title, or what does it mean to be the writing pastor or a pastor <laughs> that writes? Yeah. 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 Um, from what I understand and what I've seen, it seems like writing certainly is a part of being a pastor. Um, again, it's sharing ideas through the written word. Um, and for us as a, as a church, I've been able to be a compliment to those who share a message on a Sunday by sharing, you know, what I hope is clear and strong communication about ways that people can get connected at the church for ways that they can be involved for ways that they can just even find out what the life of the church is like. Stories about people within yeah. uh, with the blog and with uh, all the different kind of social media and email platforms instead of kind of like what you started with, instead of it just being perceived as some sort of way of marketing, it's a way of telling stories about what people are doing. Yeah. And living. Yeah. And yeah. kind of going back to what I said, it, it's hopefully a unifying way that yeah. we're able to bring people into the story of the heart and yeah. what, what that's all about and everything. Mm-hmm. So um, and I think that having strong, clear communication is the way to do that because yeah. it, it hopefully removes some of the barriers or obstacles that are in the way for people to kind of find their way in a, in a church. And um, right. in particular, a church that is mobile and, you know, maybe is is hard to, to kind of find your place in it at, yeah. at times. Hopefully the, the written communication that we do can at least bring people along in that story. That's really so, cool. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about some specifics. Sure. Talk about some things that you've written and what they've meant to you. Yeah. So when you asked if we could uh, talk about writing, um, I kind of went back through my my memory <laughs> database of, <laughs> of um, all the things that I've written, and there have been quite a few Um, I, uh, so I, when I got out of college, I worked for an ad agency for about a year. So there's that experience. Um, I was unfortunately laid off, but then ended up finding a, a very stable and, and, um, and comfortable job with a insurance company for about 10 plus years. So there's that history, uh, in the midst of that, I also launched a freelance writing, uh, company, if you will, company of one. Right, right. (laughs) I don't know if that's still a company, but, um, and then obviously what we've, what I've done here and with the heart and everything. So, um, so just going back, uh, this was in college 
And so I wrote a headline called, it was, it said, everyone deserves a corner office. Nice. And so a friend of mine, his family had a family owned office supply store and they were trying to sell um, office furniture in particular. So cubicles. So the idea behind that was that every cubicle, you know, you can have the negative view of cubicle land or cube land and how it's all in rows and everything like that. But I was trying to play off of the idea that, you know, corner office is something that people aspire to. And if one, if there's one thing that cubes have, it's at least three corners. So, (laughs) (laughs) or two corners, I guess, depending, but, um, so where did you even begin with that? You know, cause that's part of that process of that's like a headline that you, you nailed it, but I'd imagine you had a bunch of other potential phrases. How did you know the direction you wanted to go? Yeah. Where did that idea come from? When did you know when, when you arrived at the final <laughs> Arrived phrase? at the idea. So one of the things that I, again, going back to, hey, Whipple, squeeze this, uh, yeah. what I appreciate is that, and, and something that uh, I try to do as much as I can, but sometimes can be difficult is when you're brainstorming, uh, another word that I've heard used is concepting. It's basically coming up with all the ideas that you can think of. It's kind of looking through uh, a lens that has many different facets to it. So trying to look at something from all the different angles is basically how you do it. And so you're just like, I remember I would spend you know, days just writing headlines, headline mm-hmm. after headline after headline after headline, trying to think of all the different ways that you could consider even talking about something or selling something or, you know, who's it for? Why are we doing this? What What is the end goal? All those kinds of things yeah. going into play. And so um, an important part of it too is just knowing who you're talking to, sure. right? Knowing who your audience is. And so that helps kind of... Br- bring it down just a little bit. Yeah. But um, I actually really enjoy the exercise of writing hundreds of headlines and then trying to pick the three best. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. Because um, there's kind of a rule of thumb that a, a campaign in advertising is at least three of something. So it's oh. kind of a interesting nugget. But yeah. Um, so it was always like, what are the three strongest most connected headlines Mm -hmm. that you can that you can come up with so that was kind of the idea and then again i so early on in particular in my career i was really wanting to be clever yeah (laughs) so it's always like what are the clever ways that you can say stuff um i think now that i've gotten a little bit older and certainly a, a lot grayer um i think that it's it's wanting to be um less clever and more compelling ah you know there's a good there's a depth to that word as opposed to just being kind of cheeky or you know having but i've always i've always thought that i have a a good sense of humor and i really enjoy humor so that's always kind of the angle that i've taken yeah but now it's like what can i do that's a little bit deeper than that is kind of the way that I. so that goes back to strong vocabulary sure yeah attention to detail Mm -hmm. do you have any suggestions for us about Say you're writing a phrase or a story or whatever it is. You're we're writing something, a poem, a book, and <laughs> you're just like, uh, it needs to be more interesting somehow. The idea is there, but it's not 
it's not deep enough or compelling enough with the words. Maybe the concept or the idea that's being carried is there, but uh, other than maybe just synonym searches, yeah. you know what I mean? How do you how do you make how do you have the vocabulary be more compelling? Yeah. So I think ultimately you're trying to create for your audience, for your reader, um, you're trying to create an environment. You're trying to create an atmosphere, a scene, uh-huh. painting a scene almost with the words that you're using. Um, you know, I've had many, many English teachers who are who remind us to to always write in the active voice. Okay. So it's use use your verbs for what they're meant for, which is to be active, uh-huh. right? Um, so often I think that because of the complexity of the English language and even just like um, feeling like we're kind of boxed in in some respects because of some of the limitations sure. of the English language that we don't use the the active voice enough. And so you can yeah. be a little bit passive and that's when things start to feel flat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, a mentor of mine um, said there's a soul to language. Yeah. And that every word has this specific meaning, but also feeling and to find those out. So it's, it's sort of mysterious of how you, how you've come to the place of saying, instead of being clever, is that the word? Yeah. Being compelling. Yeah. And those words are similar, but not the same. One has more depth to it, but you have to, you have to know that yeah, right. to say that. Yeah. You know, so in, in some ways I feel like that goes back to being a reader. The more you read, probably you're going to have a better vocabulary. Sure. Chances are at least, you know. Sure. Then you have more tools yeah. to use. And it's really like anything, you know, when you're, when it's, when you view it as a craft. Yeah. You want to get good at your craft. So then you figure out the techniques, you figure yeah. out the tools figure out the ways that um, you can bring yourself into a specific situation that only you can bring into that, right? Only you as an individual yeah. have that viewpoint or have yeah, that yeah. idea um, kind of in, in that specific way. So, yeah. Well, and the, just moments ago, we we're talking about football. Yeah. And a guy, you could say if it was going to be very muted and no active voice or nothing compelling he went into the end zone <laughs> or you could be literal but not compelling he dove into the end zone and yeah. you said he splashed yes is the word you use yeah and it kind of it, so how much permission is there in writing because he didn't actually splash sure you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. there was no water involved but it made me think of as a kid when i dove over or under the wave mm-hmm. right like like somebody diving into the end zone it was like wow how did you do that just in the moment yeah probably just you're so used to it by now sure. thinking that way but is there a lot of freedom there to to use those word images that are not actually literal because he didn't actually splash into the end zone yeah and i think that's where the color comes from yeah otherwise it's a lot of black and white that you're using um and there's a place for that certainly mm-hmm. you know when you're talking about very technical writing you can't get to too metaphorical or anything like that but um kind of going back to what i said before about being observant so like when i think about a goal line stand yeah and a running back splashing into the end zone i I also view like you said 
going into the water. It's almost yeah. like he's going into these players and they're all kind of like, you yeah. know, exploding out almost like yeah. a wave. Sure. And jumping into a wave and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And so that's why that word seemed to be appropriate is because you can almost imagine in your mind what that scene was like. Sure. You know what I mean? And so I know. I think you have to pick your spots. You have to know who you're writing for, what you're writing, but that that's the fun part of language. Right. That's the part where you get to explore different ways to say things. I right. mean, I'll spend probably too much time on sentence structure and on yeah. um on paragraphs and uh, you know, a big thing too is what's called transitions, and that's how you get from one paragraph to another. You can't just have blocks of text kind of falling yeah. down. It's like you're you're weaving that together, yeah. um, almost like a, a tapestry or a rug. And so it's you. You have to be very mindful and thoughtful of, of how you're doing that. How are you drawing that reader through that story? Uh, again, compelling. Right, making sure that they start at the top and they work their way to the bottom, which mm -hmm. is ultimately where you want them to get mm -hmm. get to. So, um, so I I I look at it as more like a, a it's a fun challenge, just yeah. like an artist, sure, just like a musician, just like um, even an uh, uh, an athlete in the way mm -hmm. that they they take the field, the way that they play their sport. You know, we we all have the benefit of being creative beings made by a creative god who you yeah know, it, it just it's in us and yeah, so right why not share that in whatever whatever form that yeah might it's be. still a reflection of god yeah in through you yeah yeah let's go through you want to go through some more headlines sure. <laughs> okay um, got the corner everyone wants a corner office yeah, that's right or everybody everyone everyone it, yeah. okay um so this one i wrote while i was at a ad agency um and i was super green as far as being in the industry. I had no right to be writing these kinds of things. And yet they used this one for a campaign that we were putting together for the Minnesota Science Museum. And they were having an exhibit on um, roller coasters. Okay. And so the headline that I wrote was, and this is for a print ad. So an ad that you would see in the, in a newspaper or magazine. And it was all loose change will be donated to the museum. Nice. Right. So it sums it all up. Right. So my just the thought process with with that was we have what is Carowinds here is Valley yeah. Fair in Minnesota. Okay. Okay. Um, but they have the big Viking ship that goes up and down and up yeah. and down and then eventually swings all the way around. And, and I that's just where the change falls out. I remember yeah. wallets falling out and <laughs> sunglasses and change and all that kind of stuff. But it just seemed like that would be a fun connection point for people is that that's kind of a universal visual but then you play off of that and then the idea that it's a museum. And so, you know, this kind of donation. How much freedom did you have to say that? Like, was there any part of you that didn't want to say it because it wasn't actually the case? No, I love the fact that that was the case. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. I could just go all in like that. Right. And and um, even, you know, my, my mentors and bosses yeah. were like, that. that's a good headline. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, so the, the challenge though, is to be consistent, okay. to always be coming up with those and, yeah. and for them not to be just kind of 
every now and then you you have that spark and uh-huh. that was always something that I was really I was so anxious to be in the advertising industry and wanting to be that uh, so like a creative. flat one if you weren't willing to do the spark might have said something like roller coaster opens <laughs> right yeah exactly <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah yeah museum you're yeah, right <laughs> or and, and this is just one of my kind of soapboxes but i i'm not a big fan of exclamation points okay so i even wrote like a whole blog on why i don't use them and stuff oh, like yeah. that. but um the idea with that is that it should be again a compelling enough sentence or thought that you don't it need, need it a, a punctuation to drive it home yeah i like so, that a lot um if it and if it's not the case then you didn't write it well enough i so. I, I tend <laughs> to think similar with um when i'm talking on a stage like if i have to scream it at you i might not have thought of the best way to say it sure kind of thing. yeah yeah so now I, w- I will say that i'm not a strong grammarian Okay. There's a good word for you, but I did I, not know that word. I'm existed. not strong. I'm not super strong at grammar, so part of it is that <laughs> I can get around sure. some of those things that I don't know as well. But um, yeah, so <laughs> that's that's really good. So another one that I wrote. This was when I had tra- um, moved on to the insurance company. Which was a real struggle for me because I went from a place that was very much predicated on creativity to a place that was much more predicated on technical writing yeah. and, and product writing. And um, it it was difficult for me. It was I kind of had to swallow my pride a little bit too, thinking that I was like some up-and-coming creative genius or something like that because they don't want you to be clever nor compelling yeah, right. they want you to say this policy means this right. and this yeah <laughs> i did benefit from the fact that um i came in on the kind of the employee side so i could be a little bit more oh okay. clever but yeah. but but not you know <laughs> what I mean? one percent like, just <laughs> So, um, but we were doing a recruitment fair for people to come in and basically have job interviews. Uh, okay. And, uh, so the headline I wrote was come for the hors d'oeuvres, stay for the career. Nice. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, um, and then, like I said, I've done, um, freelance writing uh-huh. and I was going back through my client list all the people that I've written for, all the things that I've written. I mean, it's crazy when you've done it for over, it's been over 10 years now. Yeah. To look back and see all the people that I've worked with is, yeah. I'm pretty amazed by it, to be quite honest with you. And you're temporarily their voice. Right, yeah. Or in in this particular case, I had the opportunity to create the voice uh-huh. for a company that continues, you know, now it's eight years, nine years later. Mm. So it's pretty cool. But, um, wow. so this was a interior design firm that I wrote for and, uh, it was just a fun campaign. It's continuing on, um, in many different forms, but this headline in particular, it was interior design isn't brain surgery, but you wouldn't do that by yourself either. Right. Yeah. So, um, and then, Another one that I wrote while I was at the insurance company, and this was for uh, a, f- a frozen 5K and half marathon that's run in February in Minnesota. 
as part of the St. Paul Winter Carnival. Okay. So the Winter Carnival was created as kind of a thumbing of the nose to everyone else who thought that Minnesota was flyover country and why would you ever want to live in a place like that? Right, right. <laughs> so they they still celebrate it. It's like many, I, it might be almost 100 years later or whatever, they're still celebrating the Winter Carnival. And so our company had a 5K and half marathon as part of that. That okay. was run out, obviously run outside and stuff. Yeah. So, um, and in the 10 years that I was there, I think it, the course was shortened once. The half marathon course was shortened because it was uh, minus 10 degrees or something like that. Is so. that all? <laughs> shortened. Shortened. So, but More the, like canceled. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. And... I did. I did serve as the uh, the mascot frostbite for several years. So, which I, means you were in a costume. I which was. means you were warmer than the, That's uh, the right. average person. I was person. like, "What's wrong with you people?" <laughs> <laughs> so it was a polar bear costume. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of became the mascot, and the headline I wrote was "Nothing motivates like frostbite." Right. Great. <laughs> well, that would have been accompanied with a picture of frostbite the yes. mascot yes. right so there's some context for people to... yes exactly I so like that. that's good irony so those are just a couple that i that i enjoyed writing there are many 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 more i i would love to have kept track of how many i've written over sure. the years but it's probably too many to count to be honest with you so. right so headlines are kind of your favorite so headlines are yeah they're for me the they're the spark. Mm-hmm. They're the thing that kind of gets my creative juices flowing. Because if yeah. I can, if I can say in a headline everything I want to say, yeah, then I can certainly say it in paragraph form. Ah, do you do that with sermon writing too? Kind do of. Do you kind of try to title it? <laughs> kind of. It's the... it's almost like I'll have a, a singular idea. Yeah. But in my mind, I've written like the power statement, mm-hmm. and then I kind of work my way from there. So. Do you find it to be freeing or limiting or somewhere in between either of so you joined a staff a few years ago that were all about simplicity and we oftentimes use two words like love (laughs) period simple period was that something that was helpful helpful for you as a writer or is it kind of handcuff you or does it just depend on the situation or for me i loved it like i am i immediately resonated with that and gravitated towards it and even to the point where i wanted to make sure that my writing was as tight as the mm-hmm. two word headlines. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's so I, good. I don't waste a lot of time on a lot of other things. It's like being again, clear, yeah. concise and compelling kind of all, yeah. all within a very short amount of space. And it's a fun exercise for me a lot of times. Well, so. The fun thing for me is reading. So when you do, whether it's the email that you send out or whatever, social media, the website, it has this title, something period, something period is yeah. usually what it is. And then I kind of look, it tells me what I'm going to look for. Yeah. Like it tells me what's in it. And then I kind of go, oh, I see what he did there. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it's literal and then sometimes it's a kind of a double meaning or reverse meaning of what you thought it was going to be. Right. And yep. kind of look for that, which is, which is fun. Uh, can you recommend, we already got the... Whipple, what is it? Hey, Whipple, squeeze this. <laughs> hey, Whipple, squeeze this. Uh, any other resources for how to become a better writer or a more creative writer or a more whatever, you know, writer? Um, 
It's really, yeah, it, resources are very, I think, very personal in some ways. Um, not to say that I don't want to share what those are, but it's more of like, I just, for myself, I just did a lot of research um, and I didn't find any one in particular that kind of I gravitated towards. It was like all of them in some form or fashion. And so, yeah, yeah. Um, like, uh, what's his name? Miller. Donald, Donald Miller. Miller. Yeah. Um, but that was more because of just the way that he wrote. It wasn't necessary, although he's now coming out with like workshops and all sure. that kind of stuff. But it was more of like the way he wrote than it was necessarily him sharing how he wrote. Yeah. If that yeah. makes sense. Right. Um, Dave Barry, uh-huh. who's a great satirist. He's, he's a lot of fun to read. I don't think he's necessarily come out with like a how to right. of, of writing. Um, I've always really enjoyed comics. Yeah, so like yeah. Bill Watterson who mm. did, uh, Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and Gary Larson who did right. the far side, Famous. Yeah. both of them, Gary Larson in particular, if you're looking for ways to like make a statement in one frame, he was a genius at that. Yeah. Um, so, um, I'm trying to think of what other resources I, <laughs> I read a lot a lot and this is partly because i'm such a a sports fanatic but i've read probably way too much sports editorial writing yeah sure (laughs) but um uh bill simmons who's a writer for e or was a writer for espn now i think he's with grantland okay um i just enjoy his style yeah and again like he didn't come out with any any how-to kind of a book, right. but again, he definitely impacted me. Sure. Um, he tends to be much more, he's so informal with the way that he writes and he, he brings in like his, his uncle and his cousin. And so it's like kind of character driven in some ways. And the fact that he does that in an editorial style is really unique, I think. Yeah. So, um, I'm trying to think of, Oh, ironically enough or coincidentally enough, um, I just read Max Lucado for the first time. Okay. I really like his style. Yeah, um, I remember you saying that. Yeah. Why, why is that? It's his style reminds me of my style. Oh, okay. So yeah. or what I would like if sure. I were to ever write a book, it would be in the style that he yeah, I got it. Um, a lot of times you just like you play around with the format of writing, so sentence length. You know, a lot uh-huh. of times you know people get nervous about you know, one or two word sentences or, yeah, you know, sure. even sentence fragments or seemingly sentence yeah. fragments. And I always say, if you know the rules, then you know how to break the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes some people nervous. Yeah. So, sure. uh, but I think that that's what creates some of the character. I right. also think that it makes it more accessible. Now there's those people like Bonhoeffer. I just read for the yeah, first yeah. time. Incredible writer. Incredible. Yeah. But so dense, right? And really not accessible for everyone. Even like yeah, right. Somebody who's read as much as I have, I had to reread several. I know what you mean. Of those things, there's a lot of wisdom there and depth there. But you can also read it and not even know what you just read. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a different style altogether. So it invites you back to rereading it and thinking through it. But a different style is you read it and you get it. Right. You know. Now, granted, he 
you know, he's from another generation. Right. Same with C.S. Lewis, sure. fantastic writer, just a different generation. Um, so the, those are all things to be aware of. But those are all people that I've been certainly influenced by. I'm sure I'm forgetting yeah. some, and I your apologize to of, those people. <laughs> yeah, you're a product of 20 years of, or, well, since fourth grade. Yes, exactly. Uh, exactly. So let, let's simplify this. So we've gone through some details of entered into your mind and heard some examples. Let's simplify this for, uh, for those of us that want to get better at this, to in- increase our skill in this. Can you give us a very simple, practical tip of how let's, we have a blank screen in front of us or we have a blank journal open pen in hand. What can I do to be a better writer? Sure. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to try to make it as as pithy as I can, I guess, now that you put me on the spot. But um, observe the world around you. Mm. Read as much as you can. Write as much as you can. That's really good. Simple. Yeah. And uh, splash away. <laughs> <laughs> splash away, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But I, I think the majority of it comes in in the doing, you know, it's right. like just just get doing it. Yeah, that's, however it might be. It so. is so. Every writer that I know that I've asked about how to get better at writing, by far the number one answer I hear is write. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so, in some ways, it's like it's a very simple suggestion, and I'm thankful for it. In other ways, I'm really frustrated because yes. I'm like, no, I want to know how. Yes. Not just reminding me to do it, but I get it do it and then you'll and because i've been saying this to my girls about riding their bikes yeah it's if the more you ride the bike the better you're going to be at riding your bike even though yes we do need to talk about technique yes that's really not most of the conversation most of it is ride the bike (laughs) ride the bike you know and then your body kind of figures it out yeah so maybe and there are going to be days where you don't want to write and there are going to be days that when you do want to write and I would say if you can write the same amount both of those days, uh, that is usually a good good practice too. Right. So R I G H T. Right. Right. Right and right. right. Well, thanks so much for your time, man. I'm yeah. a, I knew I'd learn a lot and I did, and I'm I'm definitely humbly reminded that I tend to only write when I'm in the mood too, when I'm feeling inspired and I need to just keep going, plugging away at it. But thanks for your time and thanks for those those fun stories. And thanks for the writing that you do among this church family. I mean, I I know plenty of people that feel more and more connected and part of a community because they're reading these, these stories and these blog posts and these updates and all that. So yeah, it's fun. I enjoy it. Good. Well, thanks for tuning in for concept nine about writing. You can go to thingsaboutthings.com for more things.